welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. A year of swift obedience. Swift obedience. So shall it be for you. In Jesus' name. Religion gives you a presentation of God that makes him look quite mean and inconsiderate and possibly unmerciful. Just demanding, demanding, demanding. Religion makes you, uh, has a way of presenting a God who all he does is to demand. Whether you are able to meet the demands or not, bring it, do it, do that, do that. So some people's easiest way of trying to avoid any trouble is, you know what, I don't do religion. (laughs) There's no God. (laughs) Think about it. How can God give you demands according to his standard and expect you, a fallen man, to meet the standards of God. It's not possible. So, then that means every, everyone will be sent to hell. So, religion develops a system of, you try and take some boxes, try, 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 and then so it ends up making, um, it becoming like the survival of the fittest. Those who are quite strong and a bit more disciplined, they tend to do better. <laughs> But some, uh, even they themselves, like the Pharisees, the best is their whitewashed tombs. So they tick boxes outside, and everybody sees them and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. But they, do, they know, and their wives know, and their husbands know that inside them there are problems. And sometimes they are even close spouses might not know, but they themselves. Because right now, no one can tell what thoughts have been flying through your mind or you are developing. You know? So... It's, it's important to understand that God first, he gave them the demands for them to see how they can meet the demands. So it will drive them to this place in Romans chapter 7 where they say, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death or the body of sin, or this body of death? Because this body said, the good that I want to do, the law of God is, do, is good, verse 14. The, the, the problem is not the law because the law is righteous. The law is good. Verse 14 says, but I am sold under sin. He said, therefore, I know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So it's not the law, it's me. There's a problem with me. He says, the things, verse 15 says that, the, uh, for what I am doing, I do not understand. <laughs> I, just, I just don't get it. For what don't I understand? The things that I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate. <laughs> Hello. You know, you look very good in church usually. But I know you understand exactly what, what the scripture means. <laughs> so now if you leave our relationship with God at the mercy of our obedience to his laws, we will be found wanting always. Because 
the human nature has not got intrinsically what it takes to please God. So God said that what the, the flesh, the law, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, chapter 8, verse 3. What the law could not do. The law was meant to bring us up to God. But it was weak through the flesh, humanity. So the law could not get that accomplished. God himself said, listen, I'm the only one who can meet my own standards. So God gave his standards to show us we can't keep the standards, to show us his standard. And then he comes as man to meet the standards of God. It's only God that can meet God's standards. It's only God who can meet the demands of God. So he comes to meet the demands of God and fulfills it and condemns the weakness in the flesh and now pass the credit to anyone who puts his faith in him and live based on his word. So you live based on his word. He has mercy on you and gives you the opportunity to put your faith in him. Now, when you have faith in Christ and you believe in the word of God, something significantly happens. In um, two days ago, our scripture, 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. This is the testimony that God has, watched this, given us eternal life is not necessarily a lasting life, which is also part of it. When you see eternal life, it's Zoe. It's God's kind of life. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in Jesus. Now, look at the next verse. That's where we come in. He who has the son, what do you get? You, get? you have this life. Now, you can now meet God's standards. You can live up to God's standard based on the life of God inside you. But the life of God comes to you without you having to do anything. The life of God has been made available in Christ Jesus. That is the essence of Christianity. So that it's not so much first what you do before God accepts you, is what he has done so that God can accept you. So Christianity always starts with what Christ has done. Now, it's very important to understand this so that when it comes to our theme for the year, being swift obedience, we don't just quickly begin to think that, okay, what are the boxes I have to take? I have to take. No, no, no. When you are dealing with God, it's not so much about laws. Obey my law, obey my law. Obey. Anytime you see God saying obey his law, it's, it's more in the New Testament times understanding. When God said obey his law, in other words, bringing your life under the authority of his word. So then it's not based on how I feel, but what he said in his word. So that I, I'm not, let's say, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm supposed to forgive, right? Based on his law. Christian, forgive one another. You did something against me, and that, that, that I didn't forgive. And I gave you a serious slap. <laughs> God forbid. No, I, I did something that shouldn't, that doesn't, depict, that doesn't depict God's word or submission to God's word. It doesn't mean God has forsaken me. It means that I have broken my principles in my work with him. So what do I do? I just repent, and I go back and start living the way I should live. That, does that make sense? So it, there are times you might not get it right so long as your obedience is concerned. But, you see, disobedience is costly. So Christ comes to live his life in us so that he becomes our expression. 
So your, the strength of your Christian life is not so much based on your personal discipline and efforts, even though that might come in. The strength of your Christian life is very much based on your depending on Jesus Christ who expresses himself through you. So then if you are able to forgive the way you should, you don't take the credit, but you give the credit to Jesus because naturally, if it were to left with you, you won't forgive the way you are beginning to forgive. It might, it might affect your emotions, it might engage your emotions, but you don't live based on emotions. You live based on God's word. Then, so that brings us to a foundational text I would like to read in Psalm 112. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 112, verse 1, 2, and 3. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in what? His commandments. Now, this is it. See, it's not, it's, it didn't say blessed is the one who they have prayed for. Praise the Lord. Blessed you see, most of the people who think that I'll ask for God, he'll bless you anyway if he wants to bless you. No, you haven't reread your Bible. Say, blessed is the man that does something. What you do puts you in the, in the sphere of blessing. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. So this year, as you go according, you go in your, uh, you, you live your life, you have to be a God-fearer. Can you imagine how Daniel... The, the, the king said, Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, from verse 20. The king came and cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king said, Say, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continued, been able to deliver you? And Daniel spoke from the lion's den. The king knew that he served God continually, and he was someone who feared God. In fact, Joseph, the reason why he did not sleep with Potiphar's wife, he said, I fear God. I fear God. Genesis 39. I fear God. There are some things that you shouldn't be able to do. Not because you are not disciplined. Or not because you are disciplined. But because you fear God. You fear God. Blessed is the man who feareth the Lord. Word man there, I hope you know what it means. It doesn't mean male. Blessed is the person, okay? Blessed is the person, the man that feared the Lord, and guess what? That delights greatly. What God is saying is your greatest delight. It's not a bother for you. You are interested in what God has said. That's when you begin to bring your... Obedience is a crucial thing that will determine how God will bless you. You delight greatly in his commandment. Look at the next verse. Who delights greatly in his commandment? Verse 2 says that his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. This is one of the scriptures I believe with my core. The children of the righteous, they will do well. That's why I know children in this church will do well. He said your seed and your seed not only your children, that's immediately what it means, but also your products. If you are into business, if you are into studies, your, your, your seed shall be mighty upon them. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Amen. Say amen. amen. You can't be upright and you'll be blessed. Your generation will be blessed. Oh, is this in the Bible? 
Look at the verse 3. Why doesn't, why doesn't it, why, why, why doesn't it always get noticed? Wealth and riches shall be a, ah. You see, this alone is enough for you to build your life on this year. He said, okay, unless God didn't mean what he said. But if you believe God's word, he said, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Really? In my house? If I fear God and I greatly delight in his commandment, you see, that's where the rubber hits the road. Are you a Christian? Do you really believe God's word? Pastor, how can you believe that? You know, this doesn't mean, but what else does it mean? (laughs) What else? The context is blessed is the man. Then he began to express the blessedness of this man that fears God and greatly, we forget, greatly delights in his commandments. Greatly, you are always interested in what God has got to say. Detach yourself from people who tell you, as for your Bible, Bible, forget about the Bible. Detach yourself from them. <laughs> Anyone who tells you forget about the Bible is an enemy territory. The person might not be an enemy to you, but Satan is going to use, is creating a platform for Satan to invade your life. There is a satanic invasion coming. When you, you hang around someone who tells you, forget about the Bible. Say, hey, you must be alert. Satan is coming. Yeah. Satan is about to invade an aspect of your life. Hey. <laughs> 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 I don't want to ask for you. Please forget the Bible. Put the Bible aside. Huh? He says that he who delights greatly, not just delight, greatly, Greatly in the word of the Lord, in the commandments of God. He said that such a man is blessed. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth, and the generation of the apply shall be blessed. Wealth and riches, that's one, that's one. Wealth and riches shall be in here. Hallelujah. And look at the next verse. For God has chosen the foolish things of, doesn't mean we are stupid. Just that what will not be celebrated in worldly terms, God said that's what I will use. He has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the world. They look at you, you who used not to be respected in your family. Now when they want to make a decision, they want to hear what you've got to say. And some old guys are wondering, but since when, how did you become like this? God, not many wise, but God has chosen the best things of this world to confound the wise. Do you see that? The weak things, to baffle the, the strong. So that's what it means when he says that not many. So the fact that you are not in the elite group doesn't mean you won't get there because God called you out. You were not there. But he's it's packaging you and you'll be something else. So wealth and riches will be in the house of the one who fears God. Now, we need to be intentional when it comes to actively obeying God. You can't be obeying God by accident. You, you, you must be intentional. You must know. I've determined. I've set myself. I've set it upon myself that I will obey God. And so there are things to do in order to maximally benefit from the goodness of God in this season of swift obedience. And this, this year, you must make most of your life. Yeah, please, please make the most of your life. I know, you see, don't be one of those people who give coronavirus as an excuse. Yeah. 
You know what got my attention? During the lockdown, children were still schooling. Because we can't have schoolless children. Children who are not studying, are not learning. I mean, it will cost the economy. So, do you know some people did their A-levels, O-levels, and they move on further to another year, even though they have not been in classrooms, virtual classrooms. And we also managed to have church services. So, so, so the, the truth is, where there is a will, there will be a way. It's, it's only the lazy one who always give a reason why there's a lion on the way, and I can't go. Meanwhile, others have gone and come. But I said, no, no, when I went, the lion doesn't like me. It does, it, it, as for me, he doesn't like me. No. Proverbs, Proverbs says that the, the lazy man said there's a lion on the way. So, don't make excuses. This year, we have to make maximum use of this year because <laughs> remember two points one time is running out and number two what is quite worrying it's not many noble your background might not advantage you but god has called you and is taking you somewhere where your background can't take you that means you have to put in the the work yeah desire, let's say no from your great great grandmother no one has been a wife ever it's not, it's not part of the family status and now by God's grace, not, not many wives, he has chosen the weak to confound the wife. people whose family are always get married they'll be looking at you the way your marriage is flourishing and it's not in your background but yours is flourishing, they'll be coming for counseling and they'll be wondering how did you make it not many wise. God has chosen the weak things to confound it. But that means that you have to now, don't waste time because you have to start accumulating all it takes. There are physical things it takes. You have to accumulate in, 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 uh, intellectual things it takes. You have to combine everything to change your status. Because status is not changed because oil is poured on somebody. After the oil was poured, you, Goliath and David... Do you think David went and said, oil is upon me? And then he did, and Goliath started falling. No, he also had to know how to use the, the, the sling. He could, he could throw a sling. He was good at it. So whilst he was in the wilderness, he was practicing it. He was practicing it. He was good at it. But we prayed for you, and you are expecting that because we pray for you, you will pass exam automatically. So there are things to do. Now, watch it. We have to make the most of our time. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, redeeming the... I think we should all read it together from the screen. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. One more time, please. I thought you were reading God's word, for which reason you should do it with some energy and loudness and confidence. Let's go again. Why should you redeem the times? It's clearly in the text. This is pure grammar. Redeem the time. Why? Because you can flip it on the other side. Because the days are evil, redeem the time. Redeem the time. How do you redeem the time? That's the key thing now. Days are evil. Bad things can easily happen. You can easily be left behind. How many of you know 365 days is a lot, but it's not a lot at all? 
Because look at how long it has taken you to get to this height or this age. <laughs> many, many 365 days. It's, it takes a long time. So you have to redeem the times because the days are evil. So one, time, you are running out of time. You remember in Second Peter chapter, sorry, First Peter chapter 4 verse 2 where it talks about you've spent much of your time in there that you no longer should live. Verse 2. That you no longer should live the rest of his time, so your time, in the flesh, the last of men, but for the will of God. Why? The verse 3. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will, in doing our own thing. You've spent enough time. Say, you've spent enough time blowing time. Redeem the time. There's time for everything. Got to redeem the time. You have spent enough time doing some uh, that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You've had enough of it. You can put the it. You can define your own it. <laughs> define your own it. <laughs> so, wow. So, I think it's very important we understand that time, uh, there's this proverb that says that time and tide waits for no man. A stitch in time saves none. So, this year, there are things you do to maximize the year. All right, let me give you one or two, a, a, a few. Number one, what should you do to maximize the year? To get the best out of the year. Number one, you have to develop your faith. Develop your faith. Say, some of the things that you are dealing with will require God. And if it will take God, then all you require is faith. Develop your faith. In Habakkuk 2, 4, it says, the just shall live by his faith. Everybody has your own faith to deal with. The just shall live by their faith. This year, please, develop your faith. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, it says that for the just shall live by faith. You want to make the most of this year, please, you can't afford not to operate by faith or not to develop your faith. You can have very little faith, but the kind of hurdle you are trying to cross, it requires some big faith. It requires some great faith. The little faith won't do a lot of job for you. I believe God that this year someone will get married. Someone will have your own child. Someone is buying your house. Someone is starting your branch. Someone is growing in ministry. This year, it must happen. Someone's child is making it to that best school. Please. But first of all, if you are expecting God to get involved, then develop your faith. Develop your faith. It took faith for Abraham to be able to obey God the way he did. It's very clear in the text in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 that by faith, Abraham, when he was asked to go out to a place where he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing where he was going, but he knew that he was going to receive a place as an inheritance. Faith, we can tell. So his level of obedience was because of faith. Sister, 
Have faith in God. My brother, have faith in God. There are, we have, we have about, we have 364 days to exercise your faith. Exercise your, this year, you must make sure that I'm going to work by faith. I'm developing my faith. I'm developing. Can you imagine? They were crossing to their promised land, and between them and their promised land was a Red Sea. Red Sea, small faith can't do the job. Bible said, by faith, they crossed the Red Sea. And they walked, in Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 29, they walked on dry ground, dry ground in the midst of the Red Sea. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. The, the Egyptians they attempted it, they were drowned. Because they didn't know that this thing is by, we walked through it by faith. They said, oh, they are, these guys are working it by techniques. By technology. You allow those who are copying you, let them keep copying you and see if they can reproduce your results. By faith. By faith. One of the things I realize is if any time you make an attempt to make progress in life, there are people who always explain your success away. They explain it's because of this and because of this, because his father did, because he got that admission. Why didn't you get it? And because of that, because of that. And sometimes they said, okay, he's doing that. We also do it. We will also do it. And they begin to do, and they waste their time doing what you have been doing, but they don't have the core ingredients you've always had, the faith. And they realize that they are doing it, but they are not getting the results you're getting. You'll be promoted by faith. Amen. I said you'll be promoted by faith. Amen. You'll be elevated by faith. Amen. So, walking by faith is non-negotiable. So you have to develop your faith. Develop your faith. It's not just statements we are making to encourage people. It is a reality. You hear somebody's testimonies, and have you noticed that almost every testimony has something that they did to trigger the testimony? So it's good to encourage us to know that these things, when you do them the way you should do them, they work. But there are people who are doing it, doing these things, but not with faith. Why, 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 are you, why are you giving tithe if you can't do it by faith? Why are you serving in departments if you can't serve by faith? Why are you attending church if you can't do it by faith? So don't do it because others are, it's good to be provoked and motivated by, by what others are doing and their results are a pointer to the fact that this thing works. Then you develop your faith in God's word and just keep yeah. doing what you have to do. Yeah. It is not only one thing you should do. Yeah. Just do everything you have to do. Yeah. And it makes your greatness or the, or the manifestation of God's goodness qualitative. Yes. Is someone getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Build your faith! Build your faith this year. Make it a faith-building year for you. Faith build. Stop, stop entertaining the fear. Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 26. He just said, why are you, you that old year of little faith? You are afraid. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Why are you fearful? And Jesus got up and calmed the storms, and they were surprised. That means that if you had faith, you can calm a lot of storms in your life. When you have faith, you are not afraid of the storms. They tell you a storm is coming, and they normally give you the name. <laughs> storm Robert is coming. 
<laughs> Storm Jackie is coming. Let him come. Let him come. I'm ready. I have to do everything physically that is responsible to protect myself and family. But whatever it comes, let it come. Develop your faith this year. You say, oh, I, obedience, swift obedience. Listen, you can't do it without faith. You can't do it without faith. Because to get to a time, your faith will be tested. The situations can sometimes be so rough. It will only take faith in God. Looking unto Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him. Enjoy, he enjoyed it because he kept looking at something. The reason why Moses was able to forsake Egypt is because the Bible says in verse 26 Hebrews, he, he, he saw him who was invisible. He was able to see something ahead, looking to the reward. Looking to the reward. So you have to be able to walk by faith. Build your faith. Faith can develop. Faith can, I've taught a message on how to develop several messages. So you have to listen to that one. Okay? So number one, develop your faith. How to make the most of this year. Number one, develop your faith. Number two, nourish your spirit. You want to walk by faith? How many of you have noticed that sometimes walking by faith is so hard? Because it's a function of your spirit. You have not been reading your Bible. You have not been attending fellowship. You have not been listening to messages. You have not been praying. A, a situation comes, you say, I have faith. No, it's positive thinking, no faith. It's positive. I have faith. I have faith. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, I have faith. But God, this faith is not, I'm trying, doesn't work. Okay, listen, listen. You are trying too much. <laughs> you are trying too much. Okay. By faith. Don't, don't think it's positive thinking. It's faith move. Okay, so then for you to be able to walk by faith, you can't walk by faith on an empty spirit. On an empty spirit. You need energy. Spiritual energy. Your spirit must be intact. And so, you have to nourish your spirit man. How do you nourish your spirit man? This is crucial. Crucial. A, prayer. You must engage in prayer. All right. God likes prayers. He likes it when we pray to him. Because prayer is the expression of dependence on God. So how can you say I'm believing God and you are not praying? So pray. When you, how many of you have had this experience? You prayed and after you prayed, you felt like, wow, you are ready. You are ready to, you are ready to handle the matter. Yeah, prayer boosts your spiritual uh, state, nourishes your spirit. The word of God. You must allow an regular, watch this, this is very important, regular inflow, regular inflow of God's word. How do you do that? By reading your Bible, studying your Bible, listening to preachings, listening to preachings, listening to preachings. Create, allow regular inflow of God's word. So prayer and allow regular inflow. Sometimes we don't allow regular inflow of God's word because, you know, there are times you are really not, you want something different. This word, word, word. You want something exciting and entertaining. But, you know, it's like you have an exam the next day and you really wanted some entertainment because you like that show, football. But when you look at the exam tomorrow and you look at the, the results that potentially can come out, you can suspend the football and give yourself to what will advantage your, your future. So what I'm trying to say is that it's always important to, to pay a certain price to go for what will help you. Right? Go for what will help you. So keep the inflow of God's word. And by God's grace, we have several thousands, I believe, 
messages. And they are all free. Nowadays, thank God, it, online has forced everybody to stop selling their messages. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as long as you have online access. YouTube, so many messages. Uh, uh, podcasts, so many messages. SoundCloud. Why do you have access to such wealth of flow of God's word? And you deny yourself it. And you say, why are Christians not rich? <laughs> so, the inflow of God's word. So that's how you develop your spirit man or nourish your spirit man. God, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word. Matthew chapter 4 by 4. So the word of God is for nourishment. Paul said, I could not feed you with meat but milk. So that means the word is for feeding. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2. He said, I couldn't feed you with uh, meat, but I could uh, uh, solid food. I fed you with uh, milk. So it's, it's the word of God is, is for nourishment. It's meat. It's for nourishment. It's milk. Hallelujah. You need it. Other than that, your spirit man will be emaciated. Now, when your spirit man is emaciated, you'll be struggling to walk by faith, and not only that, you'll be struggling to keep your garments clean. Some of you, the temptation you are under. Pastor, I don't know why. Nowadays, nowadays, I don't know. This thing has come on me so much. Just let the word of God flow in, okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because all of us, when the word is not flowing, some other things start growing. So if you don't want those things to grow, let the word flow. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, no, nobody is, is exempt. So long as there's blood and your blood is not blue, and your blood is red, all right, you, you are a human being. If they gash you, you will die. You are human, everybody. So the fact that everybody is a physically a human being susceptible to the elements of the climate or weather or everything, that means that the same way, none of us is exceptional. Our exceptionalism has a lot to do, not even my personal discipline. My personal discipline helps me to focus on feeding the word. But when the word comes in, I'm, I'm okay. When the word keeps coming in, I'll be fine. All right, I'm telling you, my sister, if you can allow the word to come in, if you can allow the regular inflow of the, my brother, if you can allow the regular inflow of the word, you'll be fine. You'll be able to walk by faith on, uh, easily, hands down. Your faith will be growing, and you'll be able to say no to what you want to say no to. Because the word is life. Say amen. amen. And let me add this. So prayer and the inflow of the word. And you also, we also need this very important aspect of our Christian life. Fellowship. Fellowshipping. The one who does not give time for fellowshipping is really doing himself or herself great disservice. Fellowshipping. That's why we come to church. We travel from all over to come together for fellowshipping. It is, as I said the other time, not assembling ourselves together hurts the church because we need each other desperately. You need me desperately. I need you desperately. You need her desperately. She needs you desperately. You need him desperately. It is koinonia, interconnectedness and interrelationship. Fellowship. Pastor, I don't know. Now my spiritual life is so low. It's because you have only been watching online. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know you are the one I'm talking about. Get up and go to church. <laughs> Get up and make sure you go to church when you can. There's a lot happening in this building which watching online won't give you the privilege to know. But they are, it's part of fellowship. And the word of God is central. So fellowship. Now, having said the third thing, let me add a fourth thing about spiritual nourishment. The fourth thing is schedule time. Because a lot of people don't schedule God into their time. I'll explain it. Schedule God. Listen, this whole year, quite a few years, I think you should have some days, a day, two, where you actually withdraw from everything and go and pray. You can. Most of us don't. And some of us, because of your maybe family responsibilities, it might be a bit tricky. But you have to find a way of maybe, as soon as the children go to school, the, the next three days, I've planned that the next three days is just me. I'll just be praying, spending time with God. I won't watch anything, no TV, nothing, unless maybe a certain message or something. And just, I, you schedule time with God. It's called uh, summit. <laughs> you withdraw from, that's some people call it waiting on God or retreats. But withdraw from the regular activities. Some of us who are pastors, a pastor who doesn't go and wait on God. You understand that? <laughs> we, we have to. You are a minister. You are a direct, uh, leader of something. But you don't take time to, to spend special time with God. No, that, that shouldn't be only leaders. I'm talking to a, a, a pastor. Pastor, as for this year, go or waiting, okay? <laughs> pastor, please, go and wait at least once every other month. Because you're a pastor. Or uh, once every quarter. If possible, once every month. Depending on what you're looking for from God. Schedule it, schedule it. If you don't schedule it, it will happen, Math, Schedule it. Program it. Schedule timetable for church into your time. In your week, make sure I know I have service here. I know I have service at this time. No, that, that brother who is coming from America, you haven't seen that friend. You haven't seen for 28 years. And he's arriving on Sunday morning. Schedule it. Let them wait at the airport. When service finishes, you can't go and pick them. <laughs> Else they should change their time because it clashes with your very important schedule. Development, spiritual development doesn't happen automatically. When you see a beautiful garden, it didn't come automatically. Somebody took time to design and to attend to the flowers and to nurture it. Schedule time for reading your Bible every day for reading your Bible. It doesn't have to be hours, but schedule time and keep it regular. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's 15 minutes, you must have a regular time. You have slotted God into your program and you do it religiously, regularly, without fail. And see what the outcome will be for your life. It's important. Schedule time. Don't use holy convocation time for decorating your new house. You are now changing your carpet. And those who, the carpet fitters said they can't come, but they can come on Sunday morning. One of the common excuses I hear is, they cancel, the only time they can come and fix, fix my heater, my boiler, is Sunday morning. 
Tell them, no, Sunday, you can't come on Sunday morning. You have to come another time because I am busy. I have an appointment. I, if the GP is there, that's the only time for surgery or keyhole surgery. So would, you, you, would you say they are coming to fix my boiler? It depends on what priority you place on God. People don't make God a priority, but they want God to make them a priority when they are in crisis. God, God, where are you? God, where are you? I've been where I've always been. It's you who went away, so you can come closer. I'm still here. Come closer. You've gone so far. You've detoured away. You've detoured so far. I'll wait for you. Come closer, and you begin to get what closeness to me brings. Time! Schedule it. Let me throw. So number one, develop your faith. Number two, nourish your spirit. Number three, this is quite important. And let me just throw these things in. Can I do it in the next five minutes? I'll yeah. throw them in. Practice praise and thanksgiving. Practice always. Stop memorying, okay? God, I don't know why. I, only me. Why? 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 Huh? Everybody's getting the job. Ask for me every time. I, we are sorry. Why? Why? God, why me? Why me? And then now I have to go to church and say, well, I'll go. I'll go. Hey, please. Please. Don't do that. In everything, give God thanks. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, he said, in everything, do what? Give thanks. Jesus Christ, when they, 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 they got into a situation where there was no food to serve, feed the people, in John chapter 6, he said that, what do you have? Five loaves of bread at a boy's lunch. What can you do for all these many men? Even if just the two of, <laughs> of the belly, belly, uh, macho belly people, just the two of them. <laughs> Can you imagine? And then 5,000 men. Thousands of them. How can he do? Jesus said, bring it, don't worry. He took it. Verse 11. That's very important. Verse 11, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had done what? Giving thanks. Listen, take the year and give thanks. Take it and give thanks. Now you've entered the year, don't worry. Don't worry about what has happened. Don't worry about what is threatening your life. Take the year and give thanks. Start giving thanks. And every situation you face, give thanks. Learn how to praise God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, they said, we do not know what to do. And we don't have, we don't have might. They are too strong for us. And we don't know what to do. They said, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that has come against us. That's coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. After they prayed, Bible said the word of God came to one of the guys in the verse 15. And he said, Hear, O Israel, the battle is not yours, the laws. He said, Tomorrow. And do you know what he said? He said, You don't need to fight in this battle. Ah! Because what God said, said because the, the battle is mine. You don't need to fight. This is there in your Bible. He said, You do not need to fight in this battle. You don't need to fight in this battle. What battle are you, are you talking about? You don't need to fight in this battle. You don't need to fight. It's not every victory you have to fight to get. Says you don't need to. This is straight. Said you don't. They say we don't know what to do. Why? Because you don't need to fight in this battle. But what they are supposed to do in order to hand over the battle is what later on they found out. Yeah. And he said tomorrow go before them. Eh? But we don't need to fight. Yeah, they're so yeah. Keep going. Tomorrow morning rise up and go. Go. He told them to go, and so. When they, ask, they have consulted with the people, I realized that they did it themselves. They consulted with the people. They appointed singers who should praise the beauty of God's holiness. So 
Bible says that, verse 20. So early in the morning, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear, O Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in the prophet. And now look at verse 21. Verse 21 says that, and when they had consulted with the people, they did a consensus. What should we do? Okay, let's, let's plan. The people realized that if the battle is God's, then there's a way to do it. So they consulted with the people. When they are consulted with the, with the people, uh, they appointed those who should sing to the Lord. And who should praise the beauty? Ah, ah. The beauty, God is unique. He's holy. The beauty, they are going for battle. They are going for the interview. And yet they are praising the beauty of God's holiness. They are going to the doctors because what the doctors, they say you have to come quickly. Come quickly. There's an emergency. They are going, but they are praising the beauty of God's holiness. Holiness means God is different. And he will do things differently. Praise the beauty of what they consult. And watch this. And they would go before the army saying, praise ye the Lord. Now look at the next verse. When? Now when they had begun to praise God. So, so God said, I will fight for you. What did they have to do? They had to face the challenge and the situation in praise and thanksgiving. So please, make praise and thanksgiving a lifestyle this year. Develop your faith. Nourish your spirit. Make praise and thanksgiving a lifestyle. Very important. Practice, uh, be a covenant practitioner. Practice things that you know, this is the way God does things, like praise, like prayer, like giving, like tithing. These things are covenant practices. Be a covenant practitioner. Be a covenant practitioner. That's number four, right? No, that's not number three. Number one, Develop your faith. Number two? Number three? Praise and thanksgiving. Engage in praise and God. Number four, be a covenant practitioner. And let me add number five. Number five. Please have goals and targets. Don't just be going in life. Okay, Sarah, no, have some goals and targets. I'm going to do this. There's a plan it. Plan some things. Okay? Plan. If you, if you, uh, fail to plan, you are planning to fail. So plan. Have a plan. Have goals and targets. P- have targets. Plan that you are getting married and cut off yourself from exposing yourself to rubbish that will not help you. Get your wife or get your husband. So plan. Plan to pass this exam once and for all. You have written it, and, written it 20 times. P- pass this thing once and for all. Hey. <laughs> plan it. Target. Make it a target. Make it a target. Have goals. Yeah. That this time I'm finishing my driver's license. I'm putting this aside. I'm getting this out. Make it a goal and believe God and work towards it. Don't make it a goal and expect that God will do it for you. You yourself. You have to say, God, I'm going to kill this thing. I'm going to nail this thing. I'm going to nail this thing. And start it. Some of us, you have to start a business that will work this time. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe in professionals who are working somewhere, but they have a side business on the side. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's good. Register your company. Your bosses don't like you the way you think they might. It's not, to be, it's not for everyone to do a business. Some people, you are better off. <laughs> so, in fact, let me, let me put it in. But please, what I'm trying to say is set targets. Set goals. 
set targets and set goals. So goals and targets. And don't just set goals and targets. Add hard work. The reason why people don't get jobs or uh, don't get paid high or a lot of things is laziness. Maybe you physically you can do it every time, but we don't like working hard. Yeah. Let's work hard. Hard work will not break your bones. Your sleeping is too hard. You wake up at the time you wake up, McDonald's has finished breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think because of time, I will leave it hard work. Let me just throw this one and then um, and then act now. Stop procrastinating. This year, action, 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 action. This year must be full of action, 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 action. Live in the book of Mark, full of actions, action. Fast pace, action, action, action. The cities that are very wealthy, it's very full of action, action, action. Action, action, action. Tokyo, action, action, action. New York, action, action, action. London, action, action, action. Sir, your status is not quite encouraging. And it's because your actions are too minimal. Act now. Stop procrastinating. Act now. Enroll on that course now. You should have done that last year. You didn't do it. The next point, add value to other people's lives. Yeah. Add value. Do something for others. What's that, what number is that? Hey, I'm, I'm practically done all this. Yeah. Number nine, honor, 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 honor. Honor your wife, honor your mother, honor your pastor, honor your father, honor your husband. Honor, 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 honor. Honor will just give a mood of favor over your life. Honor your boss. And then finally, let me just throw this one in. Protect important relationships. Because sometimes you are working, 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 and you you and your children are becoming aliens. Yeah, you and your wife. Some people work, 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 and their marriage begins to break down. Because they don't have time for each other. They don't have time. You've forgotten every birthday in your family. Your wife's birthday, you forgot. Your children's birthday, you forgot. The day you got married, your wedding anniversary, you forgot. The day your mother died, you forgot. You forgot everything because you are busy making money. <laughs> oh, the, the, the day your mother-in-law died. And it's very essential to your, your wife. You forgot everything. And last two years, she warned you. Last year, she warned you. Please, this year, don't let her warn you. Set notification. Reminders. But the point I'm making, let's protect some relationships. Please don't work so much that your children, you don't know them. Someone is raising them for you. Protect relationship with your leaders in church. Don't just walk out. I'm not happy. So you just walk out, please. Relationship. Relationships are important. Don't destroy them so quickly. Don't be so, some must be destroyed. Yes, yes. Some are toxic. Toxic relationships. They will, they will destroy where you are trying to go. So destroy those relationships and preserve your future. But there are some relationships that you have to, you know, you don't get on with your brother. But it's your brother. He might not be your friend. But nature the relationship. Show some, you know, stop the tension. 
And some relationships are so important. This person who has been so helpful to you in your spiritual journey, don't see the relationship deteriorate so quickly, especially if they are still helpful. Nature the relationship. When your pastor rebukes you, take it in good faith and move on. And keep the relationship. Listen, one of the good things you should have is a pastor. Yes. Is you need a GP, a lawyer, and a pastor, but the pastor is first. Yeah. Your lawyer, you have to a retained lawyer is very expensive and all those things. And you might not even if with a good pastor, you you might not even need a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. With a, a good pastor, uh, hospital visitations will be minimized. Maintain relationship, please, this year. You don't have time. And sometimes you have to do it as a family. Train your husband or your daughter, your son, your, your wife to put respect over respectable figures in your life. Yeah. Don't join your, ma- your wife in fighting her mother. <laughs> don't do it. You are not a good husband. No, Even though she's wrong, don't call her and say, this is your lifestyle, you can talk to my wife hey. like that. Hey. Get back to you by mistake. Don't instigate your, your, your husband to break relationship with his pastor. With his father. Don't be the sponsor of declining relationship with spiritual people in your family. You know your wife's state is no good. Spiritual state is so bad. Because every day, movie, uh, African movies, Indian movies, Chinese movies, every time, you can tell. She's not reading her Bible. Every time, you can tell. Her spiritual state is not good, even though she has all the words. You can tell. His spiritual state is not good. Manage it well. And don't join it. Maybe some things that can even offend him, don't say it, because it will drive him further away from church or from healthy relationship. So leave it. Because we need it. Build relationships. So give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Run over. Shall men, not God, men. God uses men. Even when he was coming, he needed a Mary. Yes, sir. So build relationships. I think I have to stop now. Hallelujah. Did you receive something? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show, and the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.